What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 10 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, everyone. And Pixelfar. Hey, guys. On this week's show, we're talking Super Smash Brothers, the Game Awards, and a slew of brand new indie games coming to the Nintendo Switch. Steve, that's the most excited you've ever sounded in an intro. I know, because well, you know, I realized that I said it last time that I sound so fucking miserable. To be perfectly honest, when I say that, I don't know what else to say. And like Pixels goes, like, "Hey guys, sounds so funny." And I'm just like, "Yeah, sounding like a miserable shit the entire time." Uh, you've got like ten espressos lined up, haven't you, just for the intro? <laughs> it definitely... I'm gonna sing it next time. I'm gonna sing "Hello." Hello! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get the jazz hands on the go and everything. Steve just shows up to the next recording. He's in like a rainbow jumpsuit. You know, it's like the Technicolor dream. <laughs> <laughs> the world's greatest showman. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Forget the Technicolor suit. He shows up in a brown suit. Yeah, well, that is the color of dreams. <laughs> So uh, we've got uh, a pretty packed show this week. There's a ton of Nintendo news to get through. Uh, but before that, we're, we got to talk about the game that's on everybody's mind. Except Steve, Super Smash Brothers. Pixel. Mm-hmm. We both have had the game for about a week. What are our initial impressions? So it's really bloody good. I haven't played that much of it. I dipped into World of Light to check that out. Played some of the spirit board things. And, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and played online. That's my only gripe. I've had really, <laughs> really bad online connections. Yeah, I've heard that it's pretty rough. Um, so in, in your experience, it's been... The the anti-hype is accurate? Yeah, well, half the games are good, fine. And then sometimes you're getting a game and obviously someone's got a bad connection. And instead of like just being choppy or anything, everything just goes into slow-mo. It's like watching it replay back in like half speed. So you can see, like, Link coming down. You know, he's about to stab me. I know I've got about 10 seconds to move out the way now. Great. And you've got a pretty decent connection. I do, yeah. I've got a really good connection. I've never had any issues in any game. So I'm guessing mm. it's a matchmaking side of it that's just pairing people up, like me, with dial-up guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know that they uh, they have announced the first patches coming, I think, next week. Or it might be this weekend, mm-hmm. so um, I'm wondering if maybe that's going to address some of those matchmaking issues. It's interesting. In the UK, anyway, I think it was in Europe, the whole of Europe, they took Smash Bros. offline for half hour to do some fixes uh, a couple of days ago. Wow. So I presume that was supposed to fix it, but it definitely hasn't for me, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it is still busted. Nice try, guys. <laughs> uh, so online issues aside, otherwise you're, you're enjoying everything you've done so far? Yeah, I really love the way to... Uh, for it to unlock the characters instead of having to kind of do it at set intervals it's just like every now and again a new fight will appear and there's tons of them now i've seen some like um contention on the internet though that some people specifically i think um jason schreier from kotaku was talking about that he would have preferred it if everything was unlocked because from his perspective he just wanted to be able to go online with his favorite character and and play the game but you two both are happy with the way you unlock characters and you think that's a good part of the game? I actually don't. Shut up, Pete. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like going into Splatoon and going, there's all the guns, there's all the clothes and outfits, just go play online. It's not a predominantly online game. No, but I mean, it's, it's not for me the online isn't really the problem. It's more an issue of just like, you know, I've had the game for a week and almost all of my time has been spent trying to unlock characters. 
because I know that Sakurai wants me to just like take my time and play the single player or whatever and just like un- unlock them as God intended or whatever. But I've been using the cheese way where you close the game every time and then do another one stock and like just resetting <laughs> it. Because I want to play as the characters I want to play as, you know? You should just um, play World of Light, you know? That's uh, the fun bit. You can go do that and you're unlocking the characters as you go along. So forever taking. I just want to play the game. You can play the game. You just can't play with all the characters. Because <laughs> you haven't earned them. Is it random the way the characters... Is it random the way the characters appear then? It's not like everyone gets this character, then this character, then this character. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's random. Yeah, okay. at least in my experience. Because like I've had instances where... I've like a new challenger is approached and I've lost, and then the next time someone shows up, it's not the same person. If you, so. you know, no, you can refight, right? How? Um, it's in one of the menus. It's in one of the game mode really? menus. You just go back any challenger that's come up and you've lost to, you can just go refight them in there anytime. See, Are you if kidding you'd have me? Watched, no. If you'd have watched that 700 hour Nintendo Direct where they went through the menus, Pete, you may have known <laughs> that. Well, you know, just Googled it. <laughs> Well, I didn't. I didn't think that was an option. Yeah, yeah, you can refight. Someone them. needs to write an article about that pixel. Yeah, you should. Honestly, it'll probably be the, one of the most trafficked articles on the website. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just Pete that doesn't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steven didn't know. We all know he's a Smash expert. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing it like crazy. I've unlocked all the characters. <laughs> Got them all. There you go. Everyone's here. My favorite one's Waluigi. He's great. <laughs> I, aside from just, like, general joy, I don't have too much else to say about Smash right now. Like, it's really just, it's everything that we were hoping for. You know, I think, like, from a gameplay perspective, it, it's really smooth. And I, uh, I'm i actually really impressed by all the new characters. I don't know if you had a chance to play all of them, Pixel, because you're, it sounds like you're still unlocking people. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I played at a friend of mine's house uh, quite a bit, and uh, he unlocked... He was sick and unlocked everything in, like, one day. So I've gotten my hands on every one of the new fighters, and this is actually the biggest batch of new fighters that's ever appealed to me as a player. Where, like, I there's only two, I would say, of the new characters that really haven't spoken to me much, which is the Inkling and um, King Karul. But uh, I'm playing a ton of Ridley <laughs> and, uh, and Simon, which I'm not a heavy guy at all. And like I'm, I'm really into Ridley's kit. I'm really glad to see Young Link come back. That was the one I really, really wanted. Agreed. So that, that's mainly what I've been playing, especially online and stuff. But um, I don't know. A lot. I haven't played a lot of the new characters, but I've played against them online, and they do look really interesting. Like the uh, Splatoon Inkling, just constantly is really annoying for me as well. Constantly just kind of pinged to the floor with their little roller. Yep. So. I'd lo- I'd love to try that character when I can. Yeah, that combo's really good. I like I really want to get into them I, for whatever reason I'm just having trouble getting the kit down, you know, and like getting the combos right. So that's that's what I'm going to have to spend some more time with, but I've also played a lot of Isabel like her quite a bit, which is surprising cuz I could never play Villager. But uh I finally have an Animal Crossing rep that I can mess around with, so that's fun. Oh wait, you have loads of amiibos, don't you? I do. Do you have any Animal Crossing amiibos? I have a couple. Yeah. Which I ones the, do you have? I have the original Villager from Smash, mm-hmm. the one that was like crazy hard to find. And then I've got uh, K.K. Slider, Tom Nook, and Abel and Mabel. You don't have the two, um, I can't remember what the names are, the two little shop guys. No, I have not uh, Tommy and Timmy, like the little yeah. raccoons. No, I only have the big one. 
Because if you tap them in the game, I haven't seen it yet, but if you tap them in the game, it unlocks a spirit store that you can only unlock by using that amiibo. What? Yeah, I know. That's brilliant. Okay. So yeah, you need that one. I guess I have to go buy that one. Is the value of that amiibo just like shot up a hundred times? Yeah, considering that there's a dozen of them, like anytime I go to a Target, that's smart. Way to get rid of them all. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I feel like Smash is a game that we're going to be talking about in the, the weeks, months, and years to come quite a bit. So, you know, we can move on from that for now. But we did just want to call out two little pieces of news around Smash this week before we let Steve talk about whatever the hell he's playing. So Famitsu is reporting that 1.2 uh, million copies of Smash have been sold in three days, making it the fastest selling Switch game in the UK and also the first Switch game besides Pokemon to break a million uh, sales in one weekend in Japan. So, already putting up big numbers on the board. Future's looking very bright for Smash Bros. Ultimate here. I think we all, we all knew it was going to be a big seller anyway, didn't we? I, I'm surprised it's beat Pokemon, That is impressive. Honest. I really thought... Yeah, I thought Pokemon, with the two games as well, would have would have beat it, but no. Smash, that's Smash for you. Every year, whenever it releases. It just sells consoles. Mm-hmm. They're just flying off the shelf. Yeah. I think at this pace, they're definitely going to hit that target. Oh, they? yeah. Timing timing Pokemon and Smash together. Like, the fact that there were articles throughout the year where people are like, oh, I don't know if they're going to hit the 20 million or whatever. And it's like, guys, Smash and Pokemon are coming out within three weeks of each other. They're going to be just <laughs> fine. Uh, and then there was the other thing. There's a Spirit Board event that you wanted to talk about, Pixel. Yeah, so it seems like um, Nintendo are doing events for in spirit mode if you go in the little spirit menu anyway there's kind of a board of spirits you can choose to play against and that changes every four minutes or something stupid like that i can't quite remember but they're starting to do events for that now so every now and again they'll do an event where specific characters will be available to unlock for a specified period of time whatever that might be and um the first lot they're doing are characters that wear glasses It's like one of those questions you ask in Guess Who? Does your character have glasses? And then like, yes or no, you like flip them all down. So yeah, I'm guessing that's going to be a thing going forwards now. Every few weeks or whatever they're going to go is a specific event where you can unlock these particular spirits. Are they only available during that time or are these spirits randomly cycling? They randomly cycle normally from what I've seen anyway. But if you wanted a specific one, the only way to kind of guarantee it if it wasn't in spirits mode or something would be to go okay. on during one of these events so like if animal crossing is coming out they go we're doing an animal crossing spirit board event you go in i imagine that's what's gonna happen yeah i don't know why they chose characters with glasses first it's a bit weird but yeah that's what's happening <laughs> like we gotta pick something prolific you know <laughs> yeah that's on the 14th of december who is, who is on the list right uh <laughs> Like Dr. Kawashima from Brain Training, he's there, you know, you can unlock This is going to be a test of my, uh, it's going to be a test of my Nintendo knowledge, <laughs> or lack of. Um, it's written in Japanese, I can't read Japanese, so I'm going to go with... Outraged. The prawn guy from Splatoon. Oh, okay, Sean. Sean, in Sean the, the prawn. Sean in the Shake Shack, yeah. <laughs> he's a shrimp, not a prawn, oh, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, you'll be pleased about this one. Steve, Toadsworth. (laughs) (laughs) Solid. Yeah, so if you guys want to go collect glasses, people, uh, now's your chance. You can go get uh, Steve and Pete stickers, too. Uh, So, Steve, you're not playing Smash. Yeah, thanks for the reminder, Pete. (laughs) You wouldn't like it anyway. The game's too brown. Okay. (laughs) Well, the complete opposite to brown. I found the, like, complete opposite. (laughs) Katamari Damacy re-roll that I've been playing the hell out of the last week. Ooh, 
it's like the most colorful game I've ever played. It's really, really fun. And I didn't really know what to expect. It's bizarre. The controls are a bit weird. Have either of you played it? Yeah, I played I played the original back in the day, but I haven't played Reroll yet. Okay. I think it's literally the same game. And uh, it's funnier than I thought it would be. Even though there's like no speech, the, the king who's always like mocking his son, the prince, is just like hilarious. Such a cheeky bastard. <laughs> it's, it's like no matter how big you make your Katamari by rolling around and picking up all the random junk, it's never good enough for dad. And so he'll always like tell you that he could have done a better job. Trigger warning if you have a complicated relationship with your father. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, uh, it's really fun. So I've finished my first playthrough. I'm now going back and trying to make bigger Katamari and also get 100% and find all the presents. So in each uh, level you do, there's different presents that you can find, which are different items that your Katamari wears. So I've found some headphones and I've found uh, a scarf so far. But I'm, I'm looking for some other nice. ones. It's a really fun game. And if you are interested in buying it, I recommend buying it anywhere other than the North American eShop because it's significantly cheaper everywhere other than the North American store. You wouldn't be promoting tax evasion, though, would you? No, not at all. <laughs> no. Just figure out a way. And, uh, just move country. And I, yeah, just, just move, yeah. I had to buy the European version, Your Honor. I work for a European outlet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because uh, North America got a, a physical release, and I think there's the rule that you have to price it the same way. Is that right? Yeah. I don't think they're allowed to undercut it, are they? So the store is priced at like the same price as the cartridge, but because nowhere else got a physical cartridge, it's like half the price here. So it's £15.99, and I think it's over $30 in the North American eShop. So you can get a good saving if you're willing to shop around. (laughs) (laughs) Wink, wink. Uh, the other game I've been playing that I'm reviewing for the site is Carcassonne. So I've been, I was really excited about this, and I think I spoke that it was coming out, and I was really buzzing for it it's awful it's really really terrible so there's no online multiplayer what yeah none at all i was i was shocked when i opened it and i could only play against the most pathetic easy ai i've ever played against and there's no touch controls whatsoever oh my god so you're there moving around with sticks that don't seem to want to lock into place so you have i don't know if you've ever played carcassonne but you have to put these little people down called meeples in specific points on a tiny tile and it would be easy to be able to tap it and touch it with a touch screen like you can do on the ios version of the game i've got or move the stick if it locked into place but it sort of drifts it's really Mm, weird and awkward that sounds really uncomfortable yeah the multiplayer you can either play with like i think it's you can play with multiple controllers but not single joy cons from what i can tell or you can pass a single controller around the room and at that point i'm just like why would you not just go and buy like get the board game out and play it on a table and have more fun rather than sitting in front of the tv it makes no sense to me whatsoever so it's uh, if you're looking to play Carcassonne and you're looking to play multiplayer and it's local mul- local multiplayer only. There's no online multiplayer. Just buy the board game. Don't bother with the with the Switch version unless you really love playing against AI that's not very good and you'll always win against. <laughs> then then buy it. Getting a good getting a good review then is it? Really great review. Yeah. yeah. No, well, you can you can read the rest of my review at loophole.com. If you're a massive Carcassonne fan, that's the only real reason to to get the game. But it leaves me with like dread for what Catan's going to be like because it's made by the same company. Jesus. <laughs> 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 
if you'd like to read my review where I explain my dread in two thousand words or more, <laughs> <laughs> this would be the, this would be the first review on the site that I've given a really bad score to. So yeah, it, it feels a bit bad to to do it, but I can only I can only be honest. It's not very good. You know what we should do after you publish that review, we'll then contact the publisher and ask for a review copy of the next game. See, see oh, if yeah, we get okay. it. Can we have Catan? <laughs> Uh, one thing I will say, if you have an iOS device, either an iPhone or an iPad, get the Carcassonne version that's on there. It's significantly better. It has online multiplayer. It has full touch controls. It has the better expansion packs. So that's something that this version of, of Carcassonne doesn't have. It doesn't have all of the expansion packs. And there's this really interesting puzzle mode on the iOS version where it like gives you a world that's partially completed and, and challenges you to get to a specific number of points so you can play single player just with yourself. This was a really interesting mode that I've not seen in any other version of the game. And it's cheaper so yeah if you have an ios device get that version rather than the one on the switch digs the absolute digs <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe we're doing a nintendo podcast telling people to get a game somewhere else right it's uh, i honestly i wish i could recommend it because i love carcassonne it's one of my favorite board games i have i have the game i have like three expansions for it on the board game i have like three expansions for it I play it on my phone all the time and i was looking forward to being able to play it on the tv with friends but it's just it's not worth it it's trash. Not when it's not when it's like twenty dollars. It's just not worth it. If it's trash. It's trash. I guess you know. There's <laughs> nothing you can do about it. It's a shame they didn't port <laughs> the iOS version straight to Switch. That would have made sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it's because it's a different company. So for some reason, this the company that's done it on iOS is not the same company that's done the PC version, which is what they ported to the Switch. So it's really, yeah, it's really, it's really messy. That's a shame. I was really looking forward to some of those games coming to the Switch, and now it seems like, hmm, maybe skip them. <laughs> oh well, what are you going to do? Alright, so getting into some of the news this week, we're going to kick it off with some of the announcements that came out uh, outside the Game Awards before we move into the main topic where we'll talk about the VGAs proper. Uh, but first up is Stardew Valley's multiplayer is finally uh, coming to Nintendo Switch on December 12th. So by the time you're listening to this, it should already be live. I've, I've not played Stardew Valley properly, but I, I presume along with multiplayer, you, I think I read you can do voice chat now, it? Is that right? That's right, yeah. So this is the second third-party game that's joining the Nintendo Switch Online app following Diablo 3. So you can pair up with up to three other friends in online multiplayer or local multiplayer you can connect to multiple multiple switches together locally as well and you'll be able to voice chat with them through the Nintendo Switch Online app. I'm just imagining two people playing locally with voice chat on their phones now. <laughs> 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 Uh, no, no, I don't think that works locally. Cause you ha- but locally, you don't have to have the online subscription. So if you don't want to pay the £15 or whatever it is to get the online subscription, you can play locally, which I think is probably going to be a popular thing anyway. When I played when I played Stardew Valley before, like my partner was playing on the the computer, on his computer, and we were kind of building our own farms, but in the same room as we were playing the game together. So I think it's probably going to be quite a popular thing that the couples play the game together on the same farm. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the multiplayer is like, because that was never something that I felt like the game really needed. When they announced it, I was kind of like, that's a weird choice. It's it's great. I've played the multiplayer on PC, and it works really well. So you can either start a new farm or use an existing farm, and then someone moves on to the farm. They get their own house or their own cabin on the farm in a, in a specific point, and then they help out. You have one shared pot of money that you 
all contribute to, but everyone has their own inventories and the, the storyline is shared as well. So if you join the Jojo Mart, everyone in the game is joining the Jojo Mart rather than rebuilding the community center, for example. But it works really well. You kind of all work together as on one farm and you can get married to each other if you want to and move into the same house and have a baby together and do all of that oh stuff. Oh my God. I think you just sold this game to me and my girlfriend, so... <laughs> I already love Stardew and have put an undue amount of time into it, but maybe I can maybe I can rope her in for a new farm now. I've been wanting to go and do one in the forest with all the scary monsters at night. So yeah, they've also had some new content as well. So there's a new night market that comes around for three days in December in the winter, and there's a few other bits and pieces like your horse can now wear hats, so you can put a hat on your horse, that, which was available point. in the. That's what they should have put <laughs> yeah, instead exactly, of multiplayer yeah. update. Should have been horses can now wear hats. <laughs> I, I wrote the outcome pixel like um, message mail. It's like, oh, thanks for letting me, you know, do, put the subtitle in. And it was like, and more importantly, horses can now wear hats. It is important. You know, very excited. It's <laughs> <laughs> a man of simple tastes. Give me hats. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good update. I think a lot of people are going to be excited for it. The only thing I'm a bit disappointed about is that it's not cross-play. It is only on switch so if you if you have a partner who would be playing on ps4 or xbox or pc then they won't be able to join you it's just switch switch players so i guess i definitely have to buy my girlfriend a switch now exactly all right well you sold it now i have someone to blame thank you steve (laughs) (laughs) uh so next up is gunman clive hd coming to nintendo switch pixel you wanted to talk about this one right yeah neve review have played a gunman clive game it was huge on the 3DS. Never like heard a, of them. No. How? I mean, bear in mind, I had a 3DS for like two minutes and then I sold it. But oh, still, every yeah, so week, go- Steve. Every week, <laughs> is that is that. I've got I've I've got a 2DS XL now. I could go back and play Common Clive if I wanted to. Calm calm yourself, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> His face is just getting red with anger. <laughs> <laughs> I just speak for the audience, all right? They come here for authentic Nintendo opinions. I know, and I and I go and tell them to buy a game on an iPhone. Tell them to buy games on an iPhone. You hate Ocarina of Time. You sold your 3DS. You owned a Sega console. Where'd you find this guy, Pixel? (sighs) Anyway, yeah, Gunman Clive. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) Gunman Clive. Um, Yeah, it's a it's like a side-scrolling shooter platformer. He plays. It's really stylized, like a sketchy western drawing style it was originally released on 3ds and it, then the second one gunman clive 2 was released on 3ds and they got ports hd ports to the wii u and that was like around 2015 or something and um the developer he went on twitter the other day and he was like oh yeah so um after having the ports nearly done for two years sat on my computer I've decided to finally fix them up and send them to Nintendo. So um, we're getting a new Gunman Clive HD collection on the Switch. There's going to be one you pick up then, you think? I probably will pick up. Yeah, it is really fun. So it has one of the games has a mode in where you can be a duck. It's like duck mode. And you go through your levels. Instead of being able to shoot people, you're basically running around unable to do any damage as a duck. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> So that's the kind of game it is. And they're generally really cheap. They were like $2 a game when they came out on 3DS and the collection was oh, wow, okay. the collection was $4 on the Wii U. So I presume it's probably going to be like $4 again. Awesome. Yeah, it's one of those one of those price points you don't mind just risking it, do you? Yeah, it is an impulse buy, but I'd say it's definitely fun. It's definitely worth it. Nice. Is it multiplayer or just single player? 
Ooh, I think it's just single player. I never played the second one, though. That might have multiplayer, but it probably doesn't because I don't have it. Uh, so then we've got two updates coming to uh, games already available on Nintendo Switch. Uh, both Overcooked 2 and The Escapist 2 by uh, Team 17 are going to be getting a festive update which will be bringing a bunch of new content. If you play the original Overcooked, there was a similar update to the original game, which added a bunch of winter levels and characters. And so it's very much that sort of thing again. Is it is it just new? Is it new levels or are there different types of food? Do you, do you I'm know? not sure about food, but I definitely think there's new characters again. I believe I saw like a reindeer and a couple other festive uh, bits of content. The Escape is to their update. Uh, it's officially titled Snow Way Out. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be a good pun. And that's got a new festive-themed prison for people to try and get out of, and some new jobs like engineering and reindeer feeding and stuff. What what exactly is a festive jail? A festive jail? We've got Christmas trees and nice little presents going around. Good and, lord. Uh, guards trying to beat you to death. <laughs> so is that is that, like... Are we talking about the jail located at the North Pole? Is this where, where wayward elves end up? This is Santa's workshop, yes. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize that, like, so he's got, like, a whole feudal system going on there. He owns the land that they live on. They can only get money at his store. If they don't agree with him, they end up in jail. It's a rough system, man. <laughs> I really like this concept that it's Santa's workshop and he's, like, got these prison elves <laughs> that are building the presents for everyone around the world i totally made that up by the way but looking at the screenshot that's exactly what it looks like <laughs> <laughs> i'm watching the i'm watching the trailer and it 100 percent. oh wow and the elves are like i hate it here i don't want to make these presents <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic yeah i think this might be a game i need to uh i need to pick up i've been looking at the escapist for a while it looks uh looks like an interesting little strategy game yeah, i've never played the second one the first one was a lot of fun though i think it's probably just gonna be more of the same uh, I don't know where where I'd want to start if I'd want to start at number two. Maybe it's got more like uh, quality of life improvements than number one, or if I want to go back. Yeah, I mean, the first one's good, but if the second one is more of the same but better, you might as well mm-hmm. just start there, you know? Yeah, I mean, the problem I had, I did, I bought Bayonetta 1 and 2, and I tried Bayonetta 1, and it was just, I just couldn't do it. Skipped Bayonetta 2, and it just feels like a, such a such a better game and I, I like i wonder if that's gonna be the same situation something like this yeah I, I would imagine so you know it's it's not like you're missing out on a lot of escapist lore if you don't play the first one <laughs> maybe you find out why santa became a bad guy <laughs> the original festive update the, pre- the press release says santa has now ditched his mantra of goodwill to all and has instead opened a booming online retail store so yeah basically santa's become amazon <laughs> The North Pole now contains warehouses and concrete cells to contain the poor elves forced to work for Santa. Wow. Workers. So there we go. This is actual slave, slave labor. Yeah, it's a yeah. slave labor concept. Wow. Basically, so Santa yes. has become Jeff Bezos. That's, that's what this story is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm into it for the political commentary alone. Uh, so the next game we had an announcement for this week, I'm really excited to talk about. It's called Jenny LeClue. And uh, it, it looks... Really interesting. It reminds me a lot of uh, another similar kind of side-scrolling adventure game I played, I want to say, two years ago now, Oxenfree. Um, but, you know, it's essentially like a very stylized storybook kind of look to it. Uh, there's dialogue, there's cutscenes, there's, you know, like choice making and stuff like that while you try to serve this, or serve, try to solve this murder mystery. 
and uh, it looks just really, really cute and charming. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, I agree with you. The art style is is outstanding, and if it holds up based on the trailer, I think it's going to be a, a really popular game, and I think a lot of people will, will find it a, a great playthrough. Pixel told me uh, previously that I think it's maybe episodic, and there's something interesting with the way they're writing the chapters. Yeah, so the way they've made it sound anyway is it sounds episodic, because... The choices that all the players make in the first episode, apparently it's going to get tallied up and that will be used to define what happens at the beginning of the second episode. So not only will your choices in the game affect your own game, they'll affect every single person's game when tallied up. Wow, that's really interesting. It's, it's a great concept, but I, I don't know how they're doing it. I presume it will be. You only get episode one at launch. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'll have to be unless it's like updating in real time or something, but that seems insane. So, yeah, it does seem ridiculous. Yeah, I think, we'll I think, yeah, the episodic thing's probably a good guess, but definitely want to keep your eye out for it. I imagine that'll be a game club contender. Uh, so then the last minor announcement we have this week uh, before we get into the game awards is the release date for Super Meat Boy Forever. It is coming out in April 2019, and we got uh, a, a new like full trailer for it. And I, I was so jazzed to get to see this because I love the original Meat Boy. But uh, when they announced Super Meat Boy Forever, I remember I wasn't initially sure if it was a new game or not, or if it was like, you know, a uh, 1.5 with like new levels or something, you know? So yeah. getting to see this new trailer that like explains the story a little bit and like showed off uh, the new like punching, like kind of like dash mechanic uh, it was really cool because it shows how different the momentum of this game is to the original Meat Boy, which is way more about like you know, angles and kind of like just environmental platforming. And now we're getting enemies added to the mix, which is obviously going to change the rhythm of the game quite a bit. So I I can't wait for this game. April could not come soon enough. So a lot of people were a bit disappointed with it initially. They were calling it an infinite runner, which is not because it's not infinite. But I think that's going to add to the pressure of the game more. Because in the first one, you can kind of take your time in some bits and you can kind of pace yourself and get the hang of it whereas because it's an infinite runner now you've got the constant pressure of having to be precise at exactly the right time instead of kind of saving yourself by double bouncing off a wall or something you probably can't so by infinite runner you mean meat boys constantly moving so i think the best way to describe it would be it's an auto running character like super mario run like super mario run it's not an infinite runner in you just keep running throughout levels forever because it's broken up into levels, but you do run automatically. Yeah, so it's exactly like Super Mario Run and you, you jump at the correct point to get the coins and do we need to. <laughs> yeah. The way they've done it, though, is I don't think people are going to be able to kind of remember a button combo to try and get through the level as much because each level's generated from between 40 and 50 chunks of level design. Wow, okay. And they've kind of built a system where it all kind of puts it together in a way that paces it properly, so it won't be, like, overly random. But, yeah, once you beat a level as well, they bump up the difficulty and regenerate it into an even harder level. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it too, Pete, I'll be honest. Yeah, I hope it it plays out, because it definitely sounds like it's going to be a lot different than the original. But the pitch that they have is definitely appealing. So I hope it comes together. So normally this would be the part of the show where I read listener mail, but none of you wrote in. (laughs) 
unless Pixel's just hiding them from me, I guess that's also possible. But I think what that means is you guys need to flood the inbox so he can't keep you from me, okay? I need to hear from you. I need the support. Give us the listener emails, all right? I don't want to come to this segment again next week and look like an idiot. So if you want to write in, remember, you can hit us up at potscast at lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lupots.com. Or you can visit us at lupots.com or hit us up on Twitter at lupots. It sounds like at the end of that, you should be doing like, you know, on the radio adverts, like terms and conditions play and like really, really <laughs> quickly. I was going to say, do you want to, do we want to start giving a subject of what we're going to be talking, like what we want to hear from people? If we're going to be doing a Christmas special recording next week, maybe we ask for games, what's your most anticipating in 2019 or predictions 2019 and we can focus on that on the Christmas Not show. a bad idea, Stephen. Well, he just said it, so... Do the thing. Well, you can put this bit in now no, if you want. No, it's not you really did messy. What? What? Whatever. Oh, what? I got to record it a second time? Just do Write, no, fine. write no, me just, a damn just email. Just listen then. Just chuck this in. Just chuck this in. Just send it to me. Let me know what you want. What are you, what, what are you feeling? What are the games you're excited for? What's the best Christmas gift you've ever received? Inquiring minds want to know. All right. So, out this week. <laughs> what, Steven? You got more for me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's done apparently i'm gone i'm done i'm done with the show i quit i'm gone (laughs) disappears in a puff of brown hair (laughs) (laughs) that's the good stuff all right so out this week uh yesterday on december 12th uh we've got the two new batch uh, or i'm sorry we've got the new batch of nes games Coming to Nintendo Switch Online, there is uh, Metroid Special Edition and Dr. Mario Special Edition. Along with Wario Woods, Ninja Gaiden, and The Adventures of Lolo. So if you want to play three new games and then three other game or two other games that are way easier now. It's not even that they're way easier. The Metroid one. Get, have a guess what you think they did to the Metroid one. They, they just give you all the items? No, they just take you to Ridley. Are you serious? Yeah, that's it. That's it? That's it. So the game becomes five minutes? Yeah, that's the battle against Ridley. That's it. <laughs> that's a choice, Nintendo. Okay. So uh, if you're like me and want to get your hands on some more NES goodness, uh, you know, there's some new stuff to go check out. So go check it out. Um, then as of today, December 13th, we've got Sega Ages Fantasy Star. So I'm imagining that's that's the that's that port series they're doing, right? Yeah, so Sega Ages is they're currently porting pretty much every classic sega game i don't know fantasy stars in the genesis slash mega drive collection they've just released that's a great question um but if it's if it's not here's your chance to to get it (laughs) if it is don't get it (laughs) if it is buy the collection because you're it's like a quarter of the price for one game so we also have gris yeah i couldn't we couldn't tell if this was gris or gris i am going with gris but you two can go with Gris. Gris sounds like a type of cheese. Yeah. Gris sounds like grey. It's grey in French, well, isn't I'm it? I'm American, so I look at this and see oh. Gris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Gris to me. If they wanted me to say Gris, they should have put a, a tilde in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> not, not just satisfied with buttering people's names. Pete turns to game names. Listen. And offends right. an entire nation right. for their language. How dare they? There's no accent or anything, though, so... I was not happy to butcher a name. I apologized in the episode and then also followed up on Twitter, all right? <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's a it's a watercolor platformer. I know we have an article up about it. It's very very stylish game. Uh, it looks like it has a pretty interesting story. So if you're in the mood for a kind of out there indie platformer, definitely seems like a game worth checking out. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a good one, and uh, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, I think I think it's probably one I'll pick up as well. I've been I follow the developer on Twitter and I just kind of look at all the nice screenshots and artwork they're putting up yeah. it's one of those kind of games yeah yeah i'm, I'm thinking about getting my hands on it as well <gasps> another game club i'd man. be down for that yeah uh so then we also have b rally 4 which is a game that i don't know what it is what's what is it cars cars okay so if mm-hmm. you want to play a car game it's out there's one car game i want and that's it and it's, it's still not rocket here. league crash team racer no i want i want ridge racer uh, I was expecting you to say F Zero or something. Oh no, I don't care about that. The, the F Zero tracks in Mario Kart don't, don't do the job. Get enough. Me. That's enough for me. On Road Rage. Yeah. That's why I went. Road Rash is good. Is that is that Road Rage's kind of spiritual successor? Road Road Rash is a bike game, and you can like as you're racing these bikes that you've stolen or whatever in an illegal race, you can punch people and kick people. I had it on the Game Boy Game Boy Pocket. And it's one of the only games that doesn't play on any other system other than the original Game Boy. That is totally what I was talking about. I just made up half the name. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to make a knockoff, Road Rage, there you go. Uh, so then the last game out this week is Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures coming in North America. It's already out in, the, in Europe, so if you're a European listener, you already have access to this one. Uh, if you are in the States, it'll be out today. So you already have access to it. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, So then we also have two out next week. You know, it's always like a little weird when we have the Monday, Tuesday releases. So we'll throw them in for you this week. But uh, on Monday, December 17th, we've got Firewatch, which we talked about all last week on last week's episode. So I'm going to, you know, just uh, push on from that one. Uh, And then Tuesday, we've got Sheltered, which is a post-apocalyptic disaster management survival game from Team 17. Uh, I played this on PC. Oh, what did you think of it? It looked a lot like Fallout Shelter to me. It is a lot like Fallout Shelter, but it's a little bit deeper. So if you're into that kind of management sim, you know, uh, style game, definitely a fun one. Uh, I I had a good time with it. I didn't spend a lot of time with it, but I did a couple Let's Plays, and uh, it was was a really tight experience. I had fun with it. So check that one out. And then uh, last up is an indie I've been really excited to see come to a platform I actually want to play it on, which is Donut County, which is an adorable little indie game about a raccoon and holes and stuff. I don't know. It's weird, but it looks really cool. It's like anti-Katamari. Yeah, it looks amazing. Like, rather than, like, collecting everything in a giant ball, you are this giant pit that's sucking everything up. Like a giant sinkhole. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's got, like, a really cute art style. It's It's super appealing to me, and I've heard a lot of good things about it, so... I'm excited to get my hands on that one when it comes to a proper platform like the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> all right, so to wrap up the show this week, we've got conversations all around the Game Awards. Uh, the announcements, the awards, what we thought about it all. Uh, so, you know, I think probably the best place to start is just with overall impressions of the show. How many Game Awards have you guys seen in the past? Did you guys both watch live? I sleep. It was on at like 1.30 for us in the morning, so I went to bed. 
I, I was up and tweeting and like me and Pete were like talking on Twitter a little bit, but I didn't manage to stay up until the Nintendo people came on stage. <laughs> I was out. It got to like half past two or three a.m. and I was just like, I can't stay awake any much longer. How how long is this show? It's funny because I remember you and I were talking on the podcast Slack and you're like, I'm in bed and I'm fading fast. And I was like, we're getting to the end. We're getting to the end. And then as soon as the Joker thing popped off and I saw nothing like radio silence from you, I was like, oh. We lost them. Oh, you, yeah, you know I would have been like in bananas when that came out. But um, no, this is the second one I watched. I watched last year's when they announced Bayonetta 3. Uh, but this is only the second one I've seen. Yeah, this is... I didn't watch last year. I think I watched the two years before that. So this is the first time I watched live in a bit. And uh, I was impressed. I thought the show really improved a lot. Um, I think it seems like Jeff Keighley is, has taken a lot of the feedback about some of the issues with like, you know, ad space and pacing and some of those things. And I think really meaningfully improved the show. And uh, I was really satisfied with the overall package. I thought there was a lot of good announcements and uh, yeah, a lot of memorable moments. So I thought it was a really, really enjoyable evening. Yeah, I I agree. I thought it was a, it was a great show. I really liked the intro with the three big guys from the from PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo all coming on stage to together to kind of say, look, we're going to set aside our differences tonight. This is just a celebration of gaming. I thought it was a really interesting way to start the show. And it was a big surprise. I don't think anyone predicted that that would have been the way they would have opened the show. Yeah, not at all. Shame they can't be like that all the time. They should be like that all the time. I agree. I, uh, I remember when that happened, my immediate thought was just like, do each of these guys like owe Jeff Keighley a kidney or something? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> you look at it and it was interesting that only one of them had the first party announcement though there was nothing really from playstation themselves they, there's there's seemingly nothing going to be coming from playstation at e3 or anything else either nothing really from xbox i don't think but there was a that we did have some first party announcements from nintendo so nintendo kind of grabbed the show i think out of the three of them i guess technically like in a very loose way there was the xbox announcement of obsidian revealing their new game that's not an xbox exclusive Right, it's it. That's that was the game they're making with Private Division, mm-hmm. which is the two K publisher that's doing like, you know, basically like taking teams of their caliber and giving them the resources to make a bigger game. So it's like everyone's like, "Oh, it's the new Obsidian game!" Like it's Microsoft's announcement. It's like, no, everybody forgot about that Private Division deal they made last year. Like, but yeah, aside from that, like Nintendo really did have like they opened the show with the biggest announcement and closed with the biggest announcement they were both nintendo exclusive things which is really cool what did you think of the overall announcement because i mean spoiler we didn't get the metroid thing that we predicted knew someone to bring that up <laughs> womp, womp. we have to address it otherwise we're gonna just get dragged on twitter it's really surprising we didn't get it yeah, like, I remember as soon as that happened, I was like, well, fuck, tomorrow we're just going to have nothing but people blowing up our inbox, <laughs> just giving us shit. And it was like, overwhelmingly, everybody was just like, oh, it's okay, man, it happens. I, I, I'll admit, though, that I was I was disappointed that we didn't we didn't see it. Even if it wasn't Metroid Prime 4, I was hoping that we would get some kind of trilogy that seemed to be floating around that many, many people thought that that was going to be happening. Or even something from Bayonetta 3. Or a new, a new game announced for Nintendo. Like, Nintendo themselves only really announced the Persona stuff coming to a first-party game. I know they're publishing the Marvel thing, but... 
that's a big announcement. You know, the fact that they're mm-hmm. publishing Marvel Ultimate Alliance yeah. 3. Like, I, I personally, as much as I wanted those announcements to be predicted last week, I'm actually more satisfied with what we got because they were surprises. You know, never in a million years that I think Ultimate Alliance was going to come back or be an exclusive published Nintendo game. And I certainly didn't think Persona 5 was going to get a character in Smash, you know? So those two announcements as anchors were, like, definitely enough for me. You know, those were both big, huge news that were, at least in my mind, totally unpredictable. Okay, let's start with those two, man, and then we can go on to the other ones. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I have never heard of the series, or, uh, and I've never played it. I'm not a big Marvel fan. What do you think of it, Pete, because you're really the Marvel guy on the show? So I famously don't like the Ultimate Alliance series. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 are both really warmly remembered by people our age. They were uh, Ultimate Alliance 2 was a launch title for Xbox 360, and I want to say the Wii in the States. And I know, like, there were a lot of, like, bundles that came packaged with it, so a lot of Xbox 360 players had Ultimate Alliance 2. And it was not a good game, but it was a game that people loved for the couch co-op and, you know, obviously getting to see the Marvel characters together. So despite not being a huge fan of them, there is a lot of love and nostalgia for that series. I was quite partial to the X-Men Legends franchise, which was kind of a precursor to those. Um, but with this one, I'm actually kind of excited because it's being developed by Team Ninja and they are uneven. They've definitely made some games that are not very good and I, you know, I won't try to, you know, smooth over that, but they are really good at making a hack and slash and at its best, that's what this game is, is, you know, a multiplayer beat up that you can play with your friends and, I'm really hoping that they deliver on it. Like, the the art style wasn't super impressive to me. I've seen a lot of people saying that it looks a lot like the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game or, like, a mobile game, which I think is pretty apt. But that's not really what's important. If they get the gameplay right and I can pull from a good cast of Marvel characters, that's really what this game needs to be successful. And the one thing I think a lot of people would probably be concerned about is if you know anything about Marvel there's been, you know, kind of a rights battle over the last couple of years of all the characters that they don't own film rights to. So, like, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four have been notably absent from a few recent video games, like the latest Marvel vs. Capcom. So the fact that in this trailer we saw Wolverine and, you know, got the at least promise that there will be X-Men in the game uh, is something that I think is going to also help it like, do a lot better than it might have otherwise. So I think Marvel fans have something to look forward to here, and... I'm cautiously optimistic because of Team Ninja's involvement. You think it'll be one you pick up then? I'm going to wait for reviews on it, I think. Okay. Because it's a game I, I want to like, but it's also a game I'm super not interested in paying $60 for and then being proven right about <laughs> my feelings about the series, you know? Because I've never really, they've never clicked with me. And I know that some of my other friends love the series and will pick it up, so I'll get a chance to try it before I shell down my money. It's been like 10 years though, right? So surely, with a new development team behind it, and 10 years worth of kind of ideas to build up, and inspiration from other games, they should should make a decent one, I think. Knock on wood, man. I hope you're right. I thought the same thing about Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That game was never going to be good. Or any 3D Sonic game. <laughs> when are we getting a good one yeah. of those? Uh, so, kicking it back to a game that was announced during the pre-show, uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Did you guys see this? Yeah, it looks really awesome. 
it's wild looking it has such a insane like neon random like i don't know like j-pop style and it's very cool i have no idea what it is though i think it's a rhythm game based on like a j-pop album by the looks of it by the trailer they haven't really revealed much then there was no real gameplay in the in the video but the music alone sold it for me i'm a big fan of like persona dance games i'll probably pick up sayonara i'm literally watching the trailer now because i missed it and i still have no idea what's going on it looks it looks cool though no 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 one has any idea what it is don't worry it's nothing but pure aesthetic bliss guys i don't i don't i'm not sure the trailer may have fried pixel's brain he just has like a thousand yard stare right now. And I don't know if it's because he's broken <laughs> or if because he's just like being like, man, we've just strayed so far from God here. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out which element they showed in the game was actually the main bit of the game. <laughs> There's nothing there, is there? No real game. Oh, you get a sword, you transform like a Power Ranger, you ride a motorbike, you ride a deer. Yeah. So it's definitely a video game. <laughs> That's one to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so next up we got the biggest announcement of the entire show crash team racing it's back it's you're back for this, aren't you you're so hyped the, for this. did you see the announcement though pixel it was so goofy it was like the crash bandicoot suit from the old bloody sony advert it was just, it was, yeah it's perfect he should have been like yeah. hey, hey plumber man <laughs> i'm coming to get your racing game <laughs> <laughs> You say goofy, I say brilliant and poetic. <laughs> I I am so hyped for this game. I love Crash Team Racing. Back in the day, I I had a PlayStation for years before I got an N sixty four. So oh. I was not oh, a Mario Kart kid. We learn things about kid. Pete now. We we know oh. that he. Oh, I see. Is that how many go at me for my how many go at me for my Sega Mega Drive? And here he is with his PlayStation. Yeah, but I played Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> i paid an hour of it <laughs> oh 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 you paid an, an hour of it that's great that's great steve <laughs> so crash team racing i didn't have access to mario kart 64 as a kid unless i was at other people's houses and whenever i did play mario kart 64 i was like man this is a poor man's crash team racing i Stand by the hot take that this is the best kart racer that's ever been made, except for Mario Kart 8 and maybe Double Dash. I don't know. I think even Diddy Kong Racing is better than Crash Team Racing. Diddy Kong Racing is overrated. Mm. I said it. <laughs> so next week, I'll be taking applications for two new podcasters. <laughs> if you'd like to uh, take over the podcast, then you can write in at lootpots.com. <laughs> This is my no, seriously. I, it looks good. It is just a HD remaster of the first one, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a total it, remake. The same same vein as the Crash uh, trilogy and Spyro remakes. I'm pretty sure that they said there would be some new features, but yeah, it's it's definitely a remaster of the original, which I'm fine with. The original has some great levels, like it has a great cast of characters. My only request is that I hope they add Spyro. I would love to see him as like a DLC character or something. I don't think it says that there's any new characters. There's new carts and new tracks. Yeah, I, 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 they just said that it was like new content, not characters. So like, I don't, I don't know that that's gonna happen. But I'm hoping that like in the same way that they added a Spyro demo to the Crash collection as like a nod, maybe we'll get him as a bonus character at some point if the game's popular. 
Um, but it is also coming to Switch, obviously, because we're talking about it here, which was exciting because the last, you know, both Crash and Spyro had a window of exclusivity on PlayStation. So it's cool to see this one is going to be dropping on all platforms right away. Yeah, and no news yet on Spyro. So it feels like that's becoming less and less likely as time goes on and they announce, like, new games. How, how long did it take for Crash to get ported? Right. The trilogy. I, it was a year. And I, I imagine that Spyro maybe was made under a similar deal where it has, like, a year of windowed exclusivity so they're not even going to mention it. Because I remember for Crash, there was rumors about it being on Xbox since it came out. And, like, I remember one of the, like, designers, like, tweeted a picture with the Xbox UI and stuff like that. So people knew it was coming to Xbox and Switch way before it was announced. So I I imagine we'll probably see a similar deal with Spyro here. I'd be really surprised if it didn't come to Switch at some point. I think it's more of a case of pulling it to the Xbox is probably a lot easier than pulling it to the Switch. Yeah, that's probably true, because I know with Crash, they had to do a lot. With, like, some of the graphical stuff, like, there were a lot of, like, graphical cues in the platforming that, like, they couldn't have render properly and maintain, like, the FPS and everything. So I know that there were some instances where they took stuff out and added, like, audio cues and, like, actually had to change some of the game. Like, they had to take out all the reflections in the water and all that kind of stuff. So it definitely seems like the Switch versions are having to really kind of crank the graphics down quite a bit. So that's probably the thing that's making the disparity in time. be interesting to see what the difference is between the um, Switch version of Crash Team Racing will be as well. Because surely if you're going pretty fast, unless they're blurring everything out, there's going to be quite a lot to render. I'm curious what frame rate they're going to target on on all platforms, to be honest. Like, because Mario Kart gets a solid 60. It's a really, really well-polished game. And if this comes out and it's only 30 frames per second, or not even hitting that in places on... Switch is going to be a bit disappointing for me. Yeah, how it looks is really going to determine what platform I get it on. Because I would rather play it on PlayStation, but it's going to be way more conducive to actually playing it if I have it on Switch. Because multiplayer is easier and I'm constantly taking it on the go. That's a game I'd want to have in my pocket at all times if I can. But if it's a compromise on the graphics and stuff, I don't know that I'm going to want to do that. So we'll have to see. So another surprise announcement coming to Nintendo Switch is Mortal Kombat 11. I didn't expect that at all. (laughs) No. Yeah, when they announced that, I was like, okay, PlayStation 4 game, obviously. Coming to Switch. Which is surprising given Mortal Kombat's history on the Switch, or on on Nintendo consoles. I think they'll remove all the blood like they did on the SNES Yeah, they gotta. Gotta keep it family friendly, man. I I hope they put an option in to turn it off just (laughs) as a nod to that. Replace it with confetti or something. (laughs) But I thought this was great. Uh, I love Mortal Kombat. Big fan of the franchise. The reveal of it at the Game Awards was super funny with Ed Boon just faking everybody out. Being like, oh, I'm here to announce best sports game. JK, Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, the trailer didn't give us much to go on. It was just gory as fuck. And it didn't, it's like just, a, a, you know, a trailer. Like it wasn't yeah. even like in, in engine or anything like that. But cinematics. But it's like, it's Mortal Kombat, you know? Like, I feel like at this point in the game, we know what to expect. The last two Mortal Kombat games were fantastic, but they were, like, nearly identical, you know? Have you seen the screenshot of the game yet? Is there a new one? There's, um, I think it's up on Amazon, on the game listing. There is a screenshot of it, and they're using a brand new in-game graphics engine to render it, and it looks really good. It does look really good. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, That's another one where I'm interested to see 
what the like difference is between the Switch version and you know the HD consoles. Even I, I I say HD like this one isn't, but you know what I mean. Like the Xbox and and PlayStation Four, which are far more comparable. I am really interested to see what like what are the concessions that they have to make for Switch. Well, I think the last Mortal Kombat was made in Unreal Engine, so I, I guess this one's Unreal Engine again with a new graphics engine. So it, hopefully it will be a solid port because Unreal supports Switch fairly well now. So I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and I mean we've seen really graphically intense games like Doom and Wolfenstein play on Switch just fine. So it's clear that it's possible if you put in the work, you know. And it's just going to be interesting because, like, obviously a fighting game is not a game where you want a lower frame rate or any of those other things that we have seen concessions be made for. I wonder how serious players are going to feel about the Switch version, because I, I imagine it's going to be toned down in at least some way. So we'll have to see on that one, too. I hope they go for toning down, like, shadows and lighting and special kind of effects rather than cutting the frame rate with this one. because. Yeah frame rate's more important in fighting games and if it doesn't hit the same as the other platforms you know it's it's one of those titles that people are just going to ignore on switch i think i think they'll have to do both just like they did on doom and just like they did on skyrim and wolfenstein wolfenstein and doom are 60 frames per second on other platforms but they had to make serious concessions down to things like i think 480p in places and even then still 30 frames per second which i mean in like i think in a single like even Though it's important, I think in a single player shooter experience, yeah. it's, it's, easier it's to way less important. And when you're playing handheld, you can kind of understand why it is. It really is a marvel to me that they managed to get get some of those games on there in the first place. And Panic Button's done incredible work on those. Yeah, so I feel like that's a concession that you go in expecting it to be toned down. Whereas if you're getting a brand new fighting game, like you're gonna want to play the right version. Do we know what the FPS situation was with Fighters, with Dragon Ball Fighter Z? I believe 60. Okay. So I maybe it is achievable. We'll have to see. Uh, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what that game looks like. Both of those games look like, honestly, on their Switch uh, counterparts. So, we'll uh we'll follow them as they develop for sure. Uh, and then the last big announcement like we teased at the top was the reveal of uh, Joker from Persona 5 as the first uh, DLC fighter coming to Smash Brothers. Obviously, huge news, huge surprise, awesome announcement trailer. What do we think about this? You know what? If I'd have seen this trailer live, I'd have been had the same reaction I did when they did the Animal Crossing announcement for Isabelle, and I'd have been like, oh my god, Persona 5's coming to Switch, because it starts with that click screen for uh-huh. the Switch. Then Joker pops on screen. I'd have been like freaking out. Oh my god, Persona 5's finally coming to Switch. Then it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be joining Smash when they send that like letter with the Smash symbol on, which I really love the calling card with the Smash symbol. I was so fucking Yeah. Cool. And then like, I'd, have just, I'd have just lost it. I'd have been livid. But having known prior to watching the video that it was, it was Joker coming to Smash, I was really excited. If only for that music in, in Smash Brothers. Having Persona music in Smash is going to be so good. Oh my god, yeah, are you kidding me? I can't wait for that level with the crazy, jazzy soundtrack. It's going to be awesome. I, and I feel like he's a good ad. Like, Atlas has a real history with Nintendo. Persona's obviously popular. He'll fight a lot different than the other characters we know. Remember, I think it was the very first podcast we did. We did. We discussing all about smash bros and we were talking about what could potentially happen with dlc mm-hmm. and how the route they were going to take and we mentioned that nintendo were probably going to do dlc characters as a way to promote a 
playing games. Yes. Right. And I've got a feeling that that's exactly what they've decided to do. I really, I really, really hope you're right, Pixel. And I'm delaying. And I have a feeling too. I was planning on getting back to Persona Five over my Christmas break, but I'm not even going to bother now if it's coming to if if there's any inkling that this is coming to Switch. I am waiting. Yeah, Good. yeah. I, I I feel like it's got to be right. Like, why else would? Because we know that Nintendo picked these characters, so why wouldn't they be using it to promote titles or or to cement relationships with people, right? And it's like, I feel like Persona Five Crimson coming to Switch would be perfect. Thing is, you got to remember. In one of the interviews or on Twitter, Sakurai said that it wasn't up to him. The choices were made by Nintendo, right? Oh. Yeah, Nintendo picked all five of the characters and then he approved them. So, like, why would they pick a character who's in a game that's exclusively on PlayStation platforms? And technically, there's no reason why it couldn't run on on the Switch because it is no, on PS3. No, it's on PS3. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I, I, that's a match made in heaven, man. I hope more than anything that that's real. Yeah, I, mean, I only played Persona 4 on Vita. The Persona 4 Golden was the reason I got a Vita, just so I could play that game. And if, if Persona 5 comes to Switch, I will actually finish it because I have no time to sit in front of the TV and play that game. If I could play it anywhere and I can just turn it off to pause where I am, I'm, I'm all in. I'm 1,000% on the same page as you on that one. I played the first like 20 hours of Persona and we're like, I love this but I kept getting caught in situations where I needed to save the game and close it, and it would make me play for another 45 minutes. Yeah. And I can do that on Switch, can't do it on PS4. So I hope, I hope, hope so badly that that is going to be the truth, but it remains to be seen. I think it's pretty clear, but Nintendo being Nintendo, there's also Persona Q2 coming to 3DS. Oh, I could care less about that. Go away, chibi people. I don't need you. He, he's in that game, so technically he's, you know what I mean? So oh, I wonder if they'll do the thing that they do with some of the Smash characters then, where you can kind of switch between um, styles. So you have like the chibi Joker from Q2, and then maybe the, the proper Joker from P5. That would be adorable. I'd be into that. I've not played a Persona game yet, so my first taste will be in Smash Bros. But if they do release it, I'll, I'll dip in. Oh, you have to. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I think you were describing it in the last podcast. It just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, the child abuse just sold it for you. But interestingly, I was just reading about it, and the game engine they use for Persona 5 is a custom internal one. So mm -hmm. there's nothing stopping them from bought it if the team so desire, I guess. Well, Shin Megami Tensei is coming to Switch. We know that. Likely using the same engine. This could be. I think that's unreal. Really? I think they switched to Unreal for that. Okay, that is interesting, because it's the same team. Don't, don't hold me on that, but I, I swear I read that. Because I, I, I would have presumed that it's the same engine because they're similar games, but if it's Unreal, then, yeah, maybe less likely. On that note, if they are going down the DLC route of announcing characters for my upcoming games, what do you think the last four characters will be? Waluigi, with his brand new, all new Waluigi Wear game. He's going to be number if one. If only. <laughs> We'll say it's got to be Waluigi's Mansion next. Is right? is Crash Bandicoot in it in Smash? No, he could be one then for Crash Team Racing that's coming out in June. Yeah, I think I think Crash could make sense. Same with Spyro. I think if it's one or the other though, it's going to be Crash because I don't think it'll be both. And he's definitely like I like Spyro more, but I think Crash has more resonance. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of thinking that there's going to be a Fortnite character. No, please no. You can't. What? Oh, because oh, 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 that that picture on Twitter, the like smash symbol, the fake one, yeah. the fake one, yeah. 
Well, it's. I think it's just more that like if they're picking games they want to like represent or whatever. Like Fortnite is the biggest game in the world, and it's popular on Switch. And I don't know. Like it seems like you that. Would remember, make sense. I said if they're using it to write upcoming games instead of going backwards. Fortnite's just got a new creative mode. They could be porting the Save the World mode over to the Switch, and that could be a nice tie-in with that. You bring in one of the characters from that. Or it could be something like where they're like, hey, if you buy the DLC character, you get this skin in Fortnite that you can use exclusively on Nintendo Switch. And I don't know. Fortnite is a big deal. I think getting them involved would be a big get for them, and I think it makes sense. So that's that's one I definitely feel like is on the table. And the new Fire Emblem game, because we found out that there's not enough Fire Emblem characters in uh, Smash Brothers, so we're going to get some new ones in, just for Pete. I don't want any more. There's too many. <laughs> just four like, more. That's the rest of them. Do you know, and like, do you know what's been making it even more obvious to me? Having to unlock all the characters in this game at random, and how often it's just, <laughs> oh, it's a silhouette of a dude with a headband and a sword. I wonder who it is. Like, I've been unlocking them all with my girlfriend, and she, like, doesn't know all of the Nintendo canon as well as I do, so she'll just be like, oh, who's that? It's like, oh, it's a dude with a sword? She's like, so that's probably Fire Emblem, right? It's like, (laughs) oh my god. How about, I don't know, is it Demon X Machina? Isn't that an upcoming game? Oh, Demon X Machina, yeah. do have a bit of a spotlight. Yeah. I could see that. What about um, some of the Capcom stuff that's been announced, like Resident Evil? I feel like a Resident Evil character could make sense. Yeah, let's get Leon Kennedy in there. Why not, right? Like, that's definitely a franchise that has, you know, a lot of history, and I, I think that that one could could make sense as well. It's interesting, though. It's it's honestly hard to guess now, because I never would have guessed Joker. So it, it makes me think that there's a good chance that they're going to be characters that are totally out of left field. And that a lot of our guesses are going to just be, like, wrong. (laughs) I think the thing that's most interesting to me is I've been trying to think about what the announcement of Joker as the first character means. Because if you look at the trajectory of, like, the last batch of, of Smash DLC, the craziest character was the last one. It was Cloud. So, like, if this is number one, who's number five? I think, like, Crash would be the biggest, oh, my God, they've actually got him in a game. I think so, too. I don't think there's a more hype announcement you could get in the game than Crash at this point. There really aren't too many other, like, mascot characters left. No, they've already got, like, Pac-Man yeah, and like, the t- uh, Tomb Raider is the only one that really springs to mind from that era. That'd be a big one, too. Yeah, I think having Laura Croft would be a good get as well. She's still not coming to the platform, which I find strange, because that game got ported to the NVIDIA Shield. And, like, theoretically, it should just be a re- recompile it for Switch, right? It's the same hardware. Yeah, I guess it's tough to say. But, yeah, that, that does seem kind of strange now that you point that out. Remember the Assassin's Creed remote yeah, trilogy? Maybe it's like Ezio or something? Yeah. That'd be a surprise. Do you really think they'll just use it for announcements then? This will just be more marketing pushes? Because I'm, I, I'm surprised that they would announce Persona 5 coming to Smash and not announce Persona 5 at the same time. Or maybe they're holding on to that for like a direct. Well, like in the day that it comes out, like, oh, and next week, don't forget, the Joker's coming to Smash. Oh, and by the way, here's... Here's a trailer for Persona 5 on Switch. It makes sense. Nintendo tends to try and hype people up in advance, like giving them a little bit of a teaser and sort of slowly revealing that, oh, yeah, this game's coming, and then the next month, here's a trailer... Here's some in-game footage. Well, imagine if it's like they go through all this effort and then it's just Persona 5 dancing in the starlight or whatever. Yeah. All night. yeah, I'd be like, oh, for God's sake, really? 
<laughs> I, I think there's definitely something to be said, too, about the fact that, like, Persona is a game that we already know what it is. Like, you can announce there's a new Animal Crossing with no other details, and people get hype, and it starts conversation. Whereas announcing Joker and not announcing Persona 5 leads to the same thing. If they had announced Persona 5, we wouldn't be having this speculative conversation, right? We'd be like, oh, Persona 5's coming out, that's dope, and that'd be the end of it. Whereas they get the conversation now, and if they announce it in three four five six months it's another pop it's another news cycle just around this announcement you know the only other thing i was thinking is like surprising games and surprising characters we know that doom eternals can switch i've known for a while so doom guy could be another potential contender do we even know what the new doom guy looks like you never really you never see him do you he he looks like the old doom guy he's just a suit of armor man (laughs) He, he looks like Master Chief with less, yeah, the old like, Doom defining... Guy. The old Doom guy, you see his face, and he'd, like, do crazy stuff with his eyebrows down in the middle corner, and they get all bloodied up. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other prediction I made way back on that sh- show you spoke about was um, Vault Boy from Fallout. And if they do ever bring any of those Fallout games to Switch, I think that could be one of them. And considering how badly Fallout 76 is doing for them, they need to do something to rescue that franchise. <laughs> Outer Worlds is coming to eat their fucking lunch, man. I know. And they own they own New Vegas. Just pop it on Switch and just be like, yeah, you can play that Obsidian game, but here's the one you really like. I would love if they did that. Are you kidding me? I would love to play New Vegas on Switch. Uh, but that, that kind of does it for big announcements. Obviously, these are all really exciting. Nintendo was a pretty dominant force at uh, the TGAs when it came to announcements. They were a less dominant force when it came to the awards. We're only going to touch on awards that were won by games on Nintendo platforms. So it's exclusively indie titles. <laughs> A game I have sung its praises on on this show uh, and all around the web. Celeste won Best Indie Game and Games for Impact. So if you haven't checked out Celeste, like either of my fine co-hosts here, uh, (laughs) maybe this will be the thing that pushes you over the edge. Sell it to me, Pete. Like I want to get a list of games that you guys are really pumped and jazzed for from 2018 so I can play them. Ahead of a maybe show that we're gonna do that is a secret, then Ooh. then uh, uh, so I need a list from you. I you were right about Undertale. You sold me on that. I played it. It was amazing. It was one of the best games I played this year. Celeste could be that too. You can take you can take my recommendations to the bank because if I don't know that you'll like it, I won't sell you that hard on it. Celeste Celeste is a masterclass in platforming. I truly believe that it deserves the ten out of ten that it received from multiple outlets. I think it is a really unique and remarkable game because the platforming is tight. It's different than most platformers because in addition to going left to right, there's also a lot of like uh, vertical platforming, which is something that um, if you read my review on Shio is an idea that I found to be novel, but that is not easy to execute and they nail it. The jumping and climbing of it all is fantastic. The score is amazing i think the art is really beautiful and it's the only platform i've ever played that has a narrative that's actually compelling where like the narrative directly ties to the gameplay and the like the narrative is about the character who's the main character of celeste madeline uh climbing the mountain celeste and the emotional resonance of why she's climbing the mountain of how she's physically overcoming this obstacle while also overcoming emotional obstacles and the interplay between those things is really well done in a way that i haven't seen in any other platforming game yeah and that's and that's why they won the games for impact award right yes yeah 
yeah, the aspect of uh, of mental health that it that it explores, uh, and it's it's just really good. It's it's really memorable, and it's it succeeds in everything that it does, which is rare. You know, I, I think it's across the board. It deserves a perfect score in every category that you could judge a game. At least it, in my opinion, based on my uh, my tastes. So if you're if you're a fan of platformers and you haven't played Celeste, I I really think you're doing yourself a disservice. I'm curious because you played every game of the year nominee in that mm-hmm. category. I Celeste did. was in there against the the winner was Red Dead Two and some other PlayStation games. W- would you have given it to Celeste if it was you judging? So actually, I did want to clarify. I didn't play Assassin's Creed. Okay. That's the one game of the year contender I didn't play. Uh, but with Celeste, I I don't think I would give it game of the year but I think it deserved the nomination for Game of the Year. I think the one category that I think it should have won where it didn't was Best Soundtrack. Okay. Red Dead took it there, and Red Dead has a great soundtrack. Uh, I think it's sound design, which is another category that it won, is actually more impressive. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Red Dead had that good a soundtrack, I'll be honest. I, I like it a lot. Like, I think it, it really works because it's atmospheric and dynamic. Like, there are, there are moments in that game where like the sun's setting and then all of a sudden you whip out on your horse and the guitar comes in with that like and it's like it it works that's direction that's the direction of the game that's yeah. not the actual soundtrack and i agree with you uh and like that i i made this comparison i i did a guest spot on a friend's podcast the other day and i said that like the music in red dead is like part of a really good sandwich like, mm. it's enhancing the sandwich, it's enhancing the overall package, but if you took away one element of it, it would still be satisfying, and it, and it wouldn't really be worse for wear. Whereas Celeste is, like, a really, really well-made stew that has, like, four ingredients. Each one of those ingredients is really doing heavy lifting, and the soundtrack in Celeste is so good, and it's such a big part of, like, the main game and, like, the aesthetic, just like a game like Undertale. Where it's like, if you play that game without sound, like, you're missing part of it. And I don't think that's true of Red Dead. You know, I played Red Dead while I was on the phone with somebody, and, like, it's fine. Yeah, the music enhances it, but that's all it does. For Celeste, it's a huge part of the package. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, winning best debut indie game was The Messenger, which, uh, you know, one of our staff writers, Max, is a huge fan of. And we also got the announcement that there is a free piece of DLC coming to the game called Picnic Panic, which was announced at the Kind of Funny Game Showcase. Shout out to my uh, my favorite podcast over at Kind of Funny. Um, so if you're a fan of The Messenger, there's some free content coming for you real soon. If you, like me, have had it on your, on your wish list on the back burner, maybe now's the time to pick it up. Uh, so then we also got Into the Breach, which won Best Strategy Game. It's a great game. I play. I play. I've played this one fair bit this year, and uh, it is well deserved. I think uh, it's like an isometric, two D pixely kind of game. I I re- I really enjoyed it. I would say though that I think I prefer Bad North, which I did review for the site. Uh, so if you wanna if you wanna read a review, go read that one. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a video of some gameplay on of Into the Breach on our YouTube channel, and there'll be a link to that to that in the show notes if you want to see someone sp- see someone playing the game really badly. You can watch me play it. <laughs> and then the final winner we're going to mention today is Dead Cells for best action game, uh, which is awesome. It's another one that's been on my radar, so glad to see it get the nod. And uh, I'm super excited to uh, try to pick some of these up if I ever get a chance to again, because there are so many damn games right now 
so that's going to wrap it up for our conversation on the uh, the Video Game Awards. If you want to let us know what you thought about this or any of the other stuff we discussed this week, remember you can hit us up at the pot or at Potscast at LewPots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at LewPots.com. Visit us at LewPots.com to check out some of the news, reviews, or any of the other stuff that we discussed. Or follow us at LewPots on Twitter so that you can keep up with all the cool stuff we're doing here at LewPots. You know what people can write in with? I want to hear what they would have chosen for these categories or game they would have nominated. I would love to hear that. Yeah, that would be great. What games would you want to see win these categories or Game of the Year or any other major categories from the Game Awards? And then remember, we're going to be doing our own little Christmas special where we might be reviewing some games. So if you have some picks this year that really stood out to you that you want to throw out into contention, maybe you could hit us up with those as well. Uh, or whatever that story that Steve asked you to write in with was. Oh, I don't <laughs> remember. I've lost the plot. You listen to the show. You know. Whatever. I think I, I think it was that the exact same thing you just said, but I can't remember. Well, either way, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast.